if no one estás, good morning, hope you're having a great day, you know, enjoying some time at the beach or at the pool or whatever makes you all happy. Hope you're having a good one. This is Artur Muñoz, a.k.a. Velas. And official young Javi here along with our special guest. Hey, this is all Gordon rapping 88 over everything. That's right, 88 over everything, you know, and you're in tune to For the Barrios Podcast. Orale. A podcast aiming to enlighten, encourage, educate your muscle color, speaking with the community, for the community, and for the barrios. Now today's topic is purpose and drive, but before we go on to our topic, I like Gordon, want to mention a little bit about who you are, if the amazing things you do, talk about your podcast as well. Yeah, man, I'm super stoked to be here. Just want to thank you guys first and foremost for even, you know, bringing me out. I'm a big fan and a big supporter of the movement and also the fact that you guys not just doing it for yourself, but also doing it for the community. Uh, and it seems like for the most part, it's always been a positive and uplifting message. And like you guys are really trying to kick knowledge, which I think the 831 needs more of. I mean, the world, but like the 831 specifically also needs more of. Uh, but my name is Alva Gordon. Uh, I'm from Santa Cruz, California. Uh, I'm an artist, musician, uh, songwriter. I sing a little bit, uh, producer. I run 88 Over Everything, which is an independent label based out of Santa Cruz. Um, that label produces uh, hip-hop events in Santa Cruz. Uh, it produced Coffee and Hip Hop, which was a long-running event at UCSC. Um, it also produces, uh, like, I want to say quarterly events. Um, and then it also produces the Lab Boys podcast, which is the podcast uh, that I run with me and a couple of my friends. Uh, we drop every single Thursday. And, yeah, um, really just somebody that, like, appreciates uh, being able to be independent and push out my own message um, while at the same time, like, sharing what I've learned. So, yeah, stoked to be here. Yeah, we're stoked to be here too, right here in your own house, Al Gordon. Thank you for having us here, honestly, for allowing us to be in, in your home, you know. I think that that means a lot to us, you know, and just for everything that you're doing as well, you know, you're spreading your palabra as well, you know. And um, before we go on to our topic, you know, it's the purpose and drive, we want to go ahead and do a quick check-in, our gifts and badges, our rose and thorns. So rose and the gift is something that's, you know, something that's promising our lives, something that's bringing us happiness. And the gift, I mean, and the baggage and the thorn is something that it's not so, you know, it's the happy. It's not something that we're so proud of or something that's holding us down a little bit. And so it's the, where we want to start with the gifts and baggages, you know, or I'll go ahead and start it. And so for my gift today, right now, I think it's uh, there's weather outside, you know, being in Santa Cruz is really nice outside, you know, really makes me want to be out and about. Makes me want to get some food out here, maybe a little ice cream out here or something, you know. Um, you know, it's really, it's really nice. I used to be exploring different areas that I'm not used to, you know. Um, besides that, my baggage, I'd probably say, uh, I don't know, I'm just a little hungry, a little tired, you know. It's, but that, that could fix, you know, it's, you know, I have the privilege to fix, you know, you know, pretty, pretty easily, you know. So, you know, it's just that. But besides that, it's, you know, it's been a chill day. You know, I talked game a little bit with Maria a little bit earlier. The episode, you know, it's the, that happened a little prior to this. And so, you know, it's been a good day. I agree with you on that, man. It is a pretty good day, you know. Uh, actually, last night I finally caught up on some sleep this whole week, you know, haven't really been able to catch up on very much sleep, you know. It's been busy, so I guess you could put that as a, bag, uh, as a baggage because I really like, you know, my sleep. Um, You know, just sleep requires peace at the same time, you know, so it's very peaceful when you get some, when you get to catch up on sleep. So appreciate those moments. Um, a quick gift to highlight. We got Alec Gordon, the one and only, right here, you know, representing Santa Cruz, representing hip-hop. You know, um, he's really bringing it live, such as with Con 2 as well. They be hosting their own events. And, you know, um, highlighting other artists around the area, too, that have been struggling to get themselves out as well. Because I remember you mentioning about um, the hip-hop scene not really being too much highlighted, right? And Alec Gordon could, like, clear that up a little bit more. Well, once we pass him the mic, but it's an honor to have you, brother. And another thing is, um, as baggages, I don't want to say I have too much baggages, but all I know is that as long as people are facing injustice around the world, there's always going to be a baggage, you know? So until that gets better, then my baggage goes away too. But as a gift, you know, I'm here, woke up today. Um, my brothers, my sisters, you know, they're doing good. They're healthy, you know, really living. My mom, my dad, you know. Even though I don't really communicate with my dad and stuff like that, but I'm glad that, you know, he's still somewhere in this world, right, in, in existence. And so, yeah, man, um, can't complain about too much, but as far as gifts and baggages, that's mine. I'm going to pass the mic. Yeah, um, so I guess for my gift, something that I'm really thankful for, you know, this weekend I'm spending with my daughter, which is which is really cool and uh, something I really, really appreciate. I think you were talking a little bit about um, – that your dad isn't necessarily in your life. You know, the last time that I saw my dad was when I was 16 and I haven't, haven't seen him since. Um, so it's, it's a gift to be able to be in my daughter's life, but also, 
at the same time, understand what it feels like when someone's not around um, and know that she's never going to have to feel that and like experience that. Um, so it's a gift. Yeah. Not to get too deep, but <laughs> it's, it's really cool to be able to spend time with her. Um, man, I'm going to go deep on this baggage one because I have to. Um, but something that I've been dealing with recently and I want to say over the past year is just being able to accept other people's love for me and specifically in like romantic relationships. So a lot of my experiences with women have been pretty negative. Um, and some of that's my fault and some of that is just the people that I'm picking and the environment that I'm in, but it kind of led me to not really trust people and not really trust love. So this past year, I've really been working hard to change those ideas and stories that I have in my head where if someone does this, it means this, and just get outside of that. Um, and in the current relationship that I'm in, it's it's baggage because it's something that I'm, I'm fighting because I know that person loves me, but at the same time, I'm still questioning it because I've seen so many bad things happen. Um, so yeah, that's just something I wish I could get off my shoulders. Um, but you work through it and like that's that's the beauty of life, right? It gets better. So yeah. And that's the beauty of it too, like you know, just you know, making things better, you know, instead not giving up in life, you know, just always find ways to use better situation for ourselves, for others, just find areas to grow, you know. I think one of the beautiful things too is to be critical of of ourselves, you know, and not is to romanticize or put ourselves in the pedestals, but also realize that we're not perfect and working on that, you know. And um, yeah, you know, I think I think that of myself as well. And um, so, you know, keeping about, you know, keeping the topic about, you know, what drives us and what moves us, what, what's our purpose. I think, um, you know, I think we want to start with the question, you know, what is our drive? What keeps us moving? What keeps us wanting to grow and wanting to just better ourselves? So whoever wants to answer that question first, let's get that going. Yeah, I could start this off. Such as drives, man, I will have to bring up like a lot of my life experiences, everything that I've seen, you know, just growing up, a lot of injustices that I've seen happen in my own community. And a lot of that's really my drive, you know, because, like, every time I see um, another brother putting themselves in a position where where it's not very enlightful and they're putting themselves where the stereotype image exists amongst, where, where it makes it seem like the stereotypes exist, you know, such as, oh, we're all murderers and stuff like that, you know, which, you know, there's a long history in America where it's like, you guys done the worst Holocaust there ever is, you know, so... Stuff like that, you know, but like well, the way how we get portrayed, you know, and people who kind of bring that stereotype image to to existence, you know, where it's like, oh, shoot, like that's not who we are. But they use these people to categorize us to define like the whole community after that. And in people's minds, like they really believe that shit. So, yeah, um, just knowing that my presence does make some some change you know when people come up to me telling me i'm a role model that's actually really one of my biggest drives as well too when people tell me i'm that that i help them in some way um that i'm a role model or um i help them if for everything i had spoke with them or what i taught them it led them to lead in a different direction like honestly that's a drive that keeps me want to keep going because on my lowest times on my lowest days i'll be like you know what like nobody's gonna care you know why why even bother keep pushing but then i remember now there is people who actually recognize this and they and they're actually enlightened by it as well and they're taking their own actions and making their own moves as well and that really gives me a drive to keep pushing forward as well and such as my family as well especially my mom you know um put her through with so much fucked up shit man and i just want to make things right you know just want to keep making things right so that's that's my drive you know my family my loved ones the people who support us um the special guests who come and share their palabra on the mic too you know um a lot a lot of that keeps me going man on some real shit and also all the hate you know hate hate keeps you driving too man people who want to see you fail man Yeah, that can definitely that can definitely be some motivation. Um, so I, I kind of just want to touch on on something you said, which I think is really powerful about how they use the actions of a few to um, you know judge an entire race or entire section. Something I think is really weird and kind of a parallel to that is like cigarettes are legal in the United States, right? They've been legal tobacco. We all know that tobacco causes cancer, right? There was like three or four deaths around like vapes. And vaping and now they're moving to ban like vapes and it just makes me think like you guys know that cigarettes are still illegal and killing like thousands of people so it's it's weird i, I don't get it they pick and choose right they pick and choose and then they can they can tell the narrative um 
So that's pretty shitty. Um, but to answer the question about drive, man, um, it, it it's crazy because when I when I first started, I think just doing music and wanted to be creative, it really was just like I was in high school. I think I was sixteen. And I'd written poetry before that. And one of my friends was like, hey, like, you know, we're going to start a rap group. It's like, yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> like you know, I'm down. I want to I do this. Um, and when we started out, it was just like we wanted to – I was trying to be like what was popular at the time. So like 50 Cent was popular at the time. The hyphy movement was kind of popping off. Um, so I was rapping about like white tees and just a lot of stuff that didn't have much substance, I think. And it wasn't really true to me. Um, but I wanted to just sound like what, what kind of was out there. And I didn't have like a ultimate goal. I just wanted to rap with my friends. Um, over time that, that started to change because I got, you know, I got older and I went through my own life experiences. And now what I think drives me is being able to tell like those stories and also have impact on people. Cause something that I learned a long time ago is like, there's always going to be a better rapper there's always going to be someone that can sing better there's always going to be someone that can rap faster there's always going to be someone that can write better than you but no one can tell your story and that's like i, I think that's the beauty of it but also like when you can be vulnerable in your music so it's something that i've been working on just in my own life and like being comfortable kind of like letting down the walls because we're so used to i think as men as well just like we have to be strong and stoic and like we can't show our emotion but what I found is when you do show that emotion, it gives other people the strength to like, you know what? He's being honest. Maybe I should be honest with myself. Um, so that's something that kind of keeps me keeps me driven. Um, and the other piece is just like, it, it's weird because I feel like a lot of my music doesn't necessarily fit into a box. And that's like kind of the broader topic of living in Santa Cruz because, I mean, you guys drove here. Did you see many black people? No. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't I don't really fit into the the box at Santa Cruz. So with a lot of my music, it's like just telling myself and also telling other people like you don't have to fit in to be okay. Like you could just be yourself. And with my music, a lot of it doesn't fit into this like oh it's hip hop or oh it's pop. It's just it's just music. And I think like that's that's the beauty of it and that's the drive in it. When I look at like how can I influence people that are coming up now, it's just to remind them like hey just do you. You don't you don't have to like buy into the stereotype of what people want you to be you don't have to buy into the stereotype of what the neighborhood wants you to be you don't have to believe what people say that's negative about you you just have to be true to yourself um so hopefully my music does inspire people to you know be true to themselves but that's really what drives me like it's not it's not about money or fame like that's that stuff is cool but that's like a product of being true to yourself so yeah hell yeah couldn't i said it better all the gordon honestly that was like like some dope ass, but a lot of what you're just saying right now, it's really true, man. Like that's really like the key when if you want to becoming an MC, it's just as really as simple as that. Just being true to who you are, what's real to you. I like to say when like somebody hops on the microphone, you're not speaking through your lens of the world, you know, your your view. And you even said it, you know, like people have a, like a faster flow or whatever, this and that. And but at the end of the day, they can't tell your story, you know. Only you could tell your own story break it down you know they could try but it's not going to be exactly who you are you know at the end of the day because that's your story they ain't been in your mind 24 7 seeing the little things that that nobody else will ever see through your eyes you know so it's like yeah man that's all it is i remember real quick behind the scenes we were mentioning something um i was mentioning about how one time i reached out to necro he's a hip-hop mc um creator of death rap and all and i told him you know he reposted one of my posts and i told him thanks and i asked him real quick like if you could um any advice for any upcoming artist and he just said just be you you know i was thinking he was gonna bring up all this other stuff you know business this and that like nah he was just just be you and it, it took me a little bit of time to like actually be like oh shit just be you you know and once i figured that out you know I, I realized i'm more comfortable when it comes to freestyling on the mic now or when it comes to just speaking what what i have to say on the microphone you know so yeah man so any artists upcoming artists is listening to this right now um, just be just be true to yourself. Eh? My biggest takeaway from you, Gordon, too, was like what you said about vulnerability. I think the most vulnerable you get, the more powerful the word is. And I think the most most vulnerable episodes that we've had is the most powerful episodes that we ever recorded. You know, and I think also like you know, a lot of people see that there's a uh, true hardships, true feelings, and true journeys that we all go through. You know, ain't nobody's life really perfect. You know, and I think you know that got, that goes to highlight you know. 
the strengths of one story, you know. And I think too, you know, talking about, you know, instead of being true to ourselves, I always say that, you know, I always, you know, say that to people that, when I'm doing guest lectures, I always say that to people that are trying to write, you know, to write their story, you know what I mean? Because I feel like it's easier to me to be vulnerable and tell my story than to come up with a story, you know what I mean? Tell a story that is in the mind, because it's easier to be me from myself. I know, I know who I am, you know, it's easier to write about me than it is to try to write about someone else that isn't me, you know what I mean? I try to tell a story or a life, you know, that... I never lived, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, I go to say that often because there's a lot of times that directors or, you know, writers, you know, go to try to document our lives, but they don't know our lives, you know what I mean? They see it through a lens that, you know, they're stereotyping us, you know what I mean? And I think, um, you know, it's hard for people to really understand our stories without knowing our stories, you know what I mean? And I think, as I'm trying to get at, it's be even harder for us to understand our own selves or our own stories if we don't know ourselves, you know what I mean? Or have gone through certain things. Now, I'm going back based off a question that we have, too, that, you know, like given if we have not lived what we lived, or given if we have not experienced what we experienced, if we have not learned our story or known our story, would we, would we, would we be able to be doing the work that we're doing today or be sharing the music that we're doing today and lecturing the way we're lecturing or as the... Um, doing poetry the way we're doing poetry or creating as we are as creators now you know what I mean would we be able to do that then uh, something I like to say uh, um, I don't regret anything I've done to my past even though a lot of things weren't positive you already knew I was going to say that huh <laughs> yeah that's how that's yeah that's how you know we're always fucking conversating about something huh but <laughs> but uh, yeah like um, I don't regret anything that that happened in my past because like I said, even though it wasn't positive, even though I know I probably hurt people and stuff like that, um, and my apologies to those people if you're listening to this, but I don't regret anything because it did lead me to be who I am today, you know, so I wouldn't want to change anything like that, you know. Um, I probably wouldn't be speaking the way how I rap today, you know, I mean, rapping the way how I do today. I, I remember 13, 14. I wasn't like taking rap serious, you know, but I was I was like bus freestyles, you know. I'll be kicking it with my homies and stuff. We'll be drinking, fucking somebody be rapping. I'll be fucking, you know, boom. I rap this, man, you know, whatever. <laughs> Catch me with my five hundred one, you know, like just stuff like that, you know. Um, it's interesting to think like if you guys see me rap like five six years ago, you would have been like that, bro. Like that was you, like <laughs> rapping about murder, just killing people and shit, just like. <laughs> hitting people up bro (laughs) yeah one thing i still do say is fucking like you know fuck the system (laughs) uh you know i'll still say that you know but um but there was a lot of um but besides all that you know all the bullshitting there was a lot um how should i put it man there was a lot to learn through my experiences though growing up in the streets just going on and um growing up pouring and also you know being in the streets and all that going to my homie's crib finding finding that sense of community and all that the love that was shared even though it was only on some neighborhood shit or whatever you know um so it was just like all that had had its own story as well that somehow resonated with me and just gave me my own understanding and perspective of views of this world and just educating you know i probably wouldn't need an education if i would have got locked up after being on the run for three years i mean three three um three weeks you know because i was on the run for three weeks and i luckily i didn't get locked up um so just long story short if i would have gotten locked up i'm pretty sure i would have honestly went to a group home a foster home that was going to be the next place what the judge was going to recommend me if i got locked up again that or i would have been doing up to a year and if that would have happened to me, I know for a fact I wouldn't have changed. You know, I wouldn't have never took the direction I, I'm taking today. Um, maybe I would have. Maybe I would have done it years later, you know. Got to have patience, you know. Um, with the words we speak today, I mean, if I was talking to me at 14 years old, I would have been like looking at me like, the fuck you talking about, bro? You know? But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for my experiences at the end of the day. That's that's really what I got to get out of bro. Really, all I got to say, man. <laughs> the stutter. Nah. Um, yeah, man. That's that. That's real shit. I I do want to say just before I answer the question, I think you were saying that in the in the beginning you were saying that like you a part of your drive is like working to, uh, like to work on the relationship with your mom. Uh, doing everything. Not working on the relationship. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But like so rebuilding, kind of. Yeah, and I think she actually came out to the show at Coffee and Hip Hop. 
yeah. she's really awesome man i just i just want to say that for the for the podcast man that's like it, it's a beautiful thing to see um that type of support it's just me having a kid as well just like seeing that and like she was rocking with it stayed the whole time so so much love shout out to her man um yeah you know it, it's it's crazy because <clears throat> the way i grew up was just like very um <laughs> It's gonna. I, I grew up really angry, right? Like I was a just angry kid, and I think it's weird because I think a lot of my peers grew up like that. I think there's a lot of people still growing up like that that just feel like they don't understand why life is so difficult and so hard all the time. Um, so if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't be uh, in the position that I'm in now. And it's it, it's it's difficult because it's it's a scenario I think that we hear a lot, right? Like my parents split and then my dad just kind of took off and then my mom just picked up the pieces right she was just there with me um and my sister and I, and I always say one of the one of the reasons that I'm able to continue and just push through anything and the why I'm able to remain positive is because I watched my mom go through what it took to raise um uh, you know two kids uh really on her own um and I remember one time that she picked me up from school and she was really upset because she had been laid off. Um, and at the time I was 16. So I, like, I, I didn't really understand like the depth of what that meant. Right. All I knew was my mom takes care of me, like whatever she, like, you know, she'll take care of her. You know, like it's, <laughs> I, I didn't understand the depth of that. For me at that time, it was more important to like be cool in high school. You know, that, that was where our mind was at, like get chicks, whatever. So she told me that. And I kind of was just like, Oh, you know, like, like that, that kind of sucks or whatever, you know, like you'll figure it out. Um, so she dropped me off at home and she was like, Hey, I'm going to go to Westcliff, which is by the beach or whatever. And she's like, you know, I, I just need to cry. And I'm like, all right, you know, like do your thing again. All this is just kind of skipping over my head. Cause I didn't understand the depth of what, what was going on at the time. So she went out, she came back. And then the next day, very next day was out hustling, dropping off resumes. And she got another job within two weeks. And I watched her do this twice while she was raising us. Um, and it just, it just taught me so much about like strength. And when I myself was, I, th I want to say like 23, I was sleeping on a couch and I drew from that same strength of like, no matter what is going on, you just put your head down and you just keep pushing through and it will continue to get better. Um, so I think, yeah, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in now. I wouldn't be able to talk the way that I talk. I wouldn't be able to tell the stories the way that I tell the stories. I wouldn't, it wouldn't mean as much to have that impact if I didn't, um, experience a lot of those things. And it's, it's crazy for me looking at it now because I look at pictures. Um, so my mom's Japanese and white, right? So my dad's black. So, I mean, I want to say like when they first got together, there was still issues around just black and white people, like as far as community, like her dad disowned her because she was with my dad. Uh, so, so there was that, right. And like knowing that she went through that, but at the same time, never made me and my sister feel like a burden. And then I was looking at some of the pictures when I was at my mom's house the other day of like us as kids. And I'm just like, damn, like this woman was just raising these two black ass kids. Like, it was just like, it, it was, it was a thing. But at the time I didn't, I didn't understand that or recognize it. Um, so yeah, the experience that I had growing up certainly shaped who I am as far as the strength that I have and just like the story that I have. But at the same time, when I tell the story, I hope, I really fucking hope that the next generation doesn't grow up saying, you know, fuck the world, fuck the system. Like you were saying, it still is fuck the system. I, I got you on that, but I really just hope that the next generation doesn't have to go through the shit that we went through. Like if they could just learn from our mistakes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I feel like not even just learn from our mistakes, but also learn from the, le the lessons that we've learned, you know, you know, it's these gifting knowledge and it's just that having them, you know, go through a straighter path than we have, you know, I think, uh, you know, going back to what you said about, you know, about, you know, how we grew up and how I don't regret it either, you know, and maybe who I am, you know, you know, there's some things that I know that, you know, I take uh, responsibility for, you know, but, you know, it's the, it made me who I am. So I'm not too, I'm not, I don't, I don't regret it either, you know, I acknowledge the things I've learned and acknowledge what, I did, what I've done wrong. And um, I just want to reflect, you know, back to, you know, 14 year old, my, you know, self, you know, 14 year old Arturo, you know, of how I used to, you know, used to be, and it's the, 
And it's a trip, you know. I think, uh, you know, it's a it's a trip because when y'all think about alcoholics, y'all think about like you know older men, you know, that are you know neglecting the kids and whatever, you know. But I was honestly a fourteen year old alcoholic, you know. what I mean, every day my mom would give me like you know lunch money, you know, and it'd be like about two dollars or three dollars or whatever, you know. And I would just you know save that lunch money, and not eat at school, so I could go get some chelas after after school. You know what I mean? Not even go home. I would I would not even eat throughout the whole day. So I would go at the end of the day go get a king cobra or a hurricane. You know what I mean? And that would be my day every day. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, I was always just just you know not straight. You know what I mean? I was just not always straight. You know ever. And it's the exercise too, so I'll be making more money just to like you know. Feel my my knees and my feeling for like you know alcohol or whatever you know what I mean, and so that'd be like my life you know what I mean, and all that you know has um, put me through some close to death experiences you know what I mean, and it's the in terms of like you know alcohol poisoning or just not even tr- making a home you know because I was so fucked up I couldn't make a home you know, things like that, and so it's a trick because like last night I was um walking around my neighborhood with my girl and I was just reflecting on how like how back then I used to tumble around my, my neighborhood you know all, all fucked up you know I mean losing my balance and shit like that and this time I'm walking straight and hard you know I me mean? I'm walking like I don't know like I was just thinking of myself and I was like if a 14 year old so would have saw me walking down the neighborhood I would have thought damn that fool looks hella fucking tight you know I me mean? I want to be like that motherfucker right there you know I me mean? and it's a trick because I was talking about myself you know I me mean? and it kind of hits because like Right now, I'm doing the things that 14-year-old would have loved to be, you know what I mean? That he would have loved to be like me, you know? He, he would have learned, he would have loved to um to talk the way I talk, to um to have the heart that I, heart that I have, you know? The heart that I bear, and all these things, you know what I mean? Even at 14 years old, I already wanted to be a leader, but I was too fucked up to even act upon my leadership skills, you know what I mean? Like, at 14-year-old, I used to tell my homies, hey, come back to my house, you know, I used to bring your homework and everything, and I'll blaze you out, you know what I mean? And that was, like, the condition for them to do the homework, because I cared for them, you know, I cared for them, you know, the grades and stuff like that. So I had to find a way to have them do their homework, you know? So if it was blazing them out, fuck, I'll blaze them out every day for them to do the homework, you know what I mean? It was a waste for me to have, like, the tutoring session and all that space for them to care about the grades and stuff. And nowadays, I'm doing that without having to even have any conditions to it, you know what I mean? I'm helping out the youth and stuff like that in ways that at 14 years old, I wish I could have done, you know what I mean? So right now, like, you know, all the experiences that I have lived in the past has really reinforced my identity now, you know what I mean? And the further I get, the, the further I strengthen my roots, I also... I feel like my vision for my future even becomes clear, you know what I mean? I know what I want to do, and I feel like I have more of a purpose than I live, you know? Every step that I take it has, a str- has a stronger step, you know what I mean? And I wear my Cortezes too. I think of a homie, I wear him, you know, a homie of mine, and I put it down, it's still like this. It's the, he was actually a special guest in the past too. What, what episode was it? With Ernie, with Ernie. We had, um... You know, when we remember, I'll give him a shout out. But it was it was a friendliest the um Davato told me and you know, we bear I mean we we walk on these Cortezans because in every step we take we're stepping on the colonizer's name, you know what I mean? And so to me that's that hits because you know it's the all the steps that I'm doing is for my rasa and I'm doing it in the ways that decolonize ourselves and makes it so we're a healthy person, a healthier next generation, you know what I mean? Every it's the Every day that I live, I live it as if I was already an ancestor. Because I know that day that I pass, the the things that I've done in this world would impact the seven generations to come. You know what I mean? And so, like, just thinking about my actions that way, you know? Not only my leader of today, but I'm a leader that will create change for the seven generations after me. So I understand the significance of my everyday existence. You know what I mean? So every time I speak to y'all, like, you know, share some palabra, you know, it's coming from my heart. And it's coming with a mindset that I hope, you know, it bears the change for the seven generations to come, you know? And that's the... I think the next question was basically about, you know, as the how was the experiences growing up? How was it being uh, a minority in our own communities? How was it, um, you know, having all those hardships? You know what I mean? Like what? How did that shape us? You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, like real quick, I just want to highlight what Arturo said. <laughs> like you know how you mentioned about fucking hitting up your homies to like um, that you'll blaze them out if they did their homework and all that. You know, like having a little session, all that. And Arturo just said, uh, like, a mic session, you know, because, like, we use a microphone. We have our own rotation going. We're using one mic, just to clarify a little bit more. We have one mic. So every time somebody speaks, you know, we have to pause, and then we pass them the mic, and then they speak, you know, whatever on um, the palabra they have to share with us. And, you know, that's our community right here that we're doing. 
And so, you know, and kind of compared it to a blunt, but instead of to Mike, you know. <laughs> That's why I threw it was all mic sesh, you know. So even, like, I don't know, I like thinking about this, too. You know, I like to put a lot of stuff in my IG about Rasa, you know, cultura, you know, stuff like that. And it's all pictures, you know what I mean? And my homie put it like this, too. Homie, Este Angel, he's, like, the second episode we ever had. He said something like, you know, it's cool that you're out there, you know, shooting pictures instead of shooting Buddhists, you know what I mean? So even, like, putting that perspective, you know what I mean, of, like, creating peace and cultura and, like, you know, straightening all these roots, watering each other, rather than putting each other down, you know, and using bullets to do, though, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, you know, passing the mic, it's, uh, it's, it's my version of passing the blunt, you know what I mean? And instead of shooting pictures, it's my version of, you know, shooting bullets, you know what I mean? I'll pass the mic and the blunt. <laughs> 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 yeah straight up you know but um but yeah man um damn i was gonna say something off that going real quick like even like forming your own community and i know this is kind of like off the topic but i mean like remember how we learn like how we carry stuff that our ancestors traditions without even knowingly there's one thing that me and my homies always did we always got in a circle whether it was passing a blunt or it was just to pass a bottle or whatever but we always ended up in a circle like forming just a circle just like how we kind of do right now or just when um you do like um or it was called like restorative justice and all that when you like up in a in a circle you know your healing segment moments that was us like you know already or creating that bond, yeah, there you go, that sense of community and that bond. That was already us creating that bond in that community, just um, coming into the circle, you know. It might have been a blunt and a drink, you know, that was being passed around. But, and the way how it was put, it was by Jeanette, you know, she, um, uh, much respect to to this woman, you know. She's she's a very powerful woman. Um, She had told me, she's all like, yeah, and then like, let's say, she she's the one that was actually telling me about this, about being in the circle. And then, you know, you're creating that bond, you're creating that community, even though it's not very something that's productive. But at the end of the day, that's like love that's being channeled around already, you know, within your group. And let's say if I want to stop smoking and drinking, and in order for me to stop smoking and drinking, I will have to walk away from that group. Because let's say if I'm like in that group, I'm going to take a hit. I'm going to end up drinking that beer, you know. So sometimes, you know, in order to stop, you got to kind of like step away. And when you step away, you're now leaving that circle, you know. And then and then when you leave the circle, it's kind of like, oh, you don't want to like join the circle, you know. Like it, it was put like I like the way how she really put to me, put it to me. But to go back to the question, like. Growing up, like, minority or being um, stereotype, you know, Hispanics, you know, we're this and that, um, or label, or how we're labeled and stuff, um, like, such as stereotypes, oh, if, you know, you must be good at jumping fences because you cross the border, you know, like, I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? You know, people are actually, these stereotypes, people are really being harmed by this, you know, such as, like, oh, well, they probably wouldn't be, in, those children wouldn't be in the cage if they were just legal, you know, like, what the fuck, like, that's a human being, homie. But, um, but yeah, so like growing up, I remember always getting weird looks. I used to live in Georgia too, you know, and yeah, that's, I'm, I'm talking deep in the South right now, you know? So like, yeah, man, like I remember fucking cars filled with white people like passing by being like, you fucking wet bags, you know, spicks, you know, like, like calling us like hell names. I got called wet back here in fucking Hollister, you know, as well too. Um, and like I said, I grew up like poor, you know, so I I never had like the fanciest clothes, rock like fancy ass fucking brands and stuff like that. And people would look down on me on that, you know, they'll be, I remember I used to have my hair like, I had my hair long, but the way how I used to have my hair long, it was like a rocker type of phase, you know, covering one eye and stuff like that, you know. And I remember some girl, like she comes from like more of a rich family. And I remember she was all like, oh, why don't you cut your hair? And I was just like, because I don't, you know, just like it long. She's like, oh, are you too poor to cut it? I was like, what? Like, you know, I remember I didn't even know how to respond. I'm like in sixth grade, you know, and I remember just kind of being like, I just stayed quiet, you know, and like, I didn't respond, but it did like really hit me, you know. Um, Yeah, man. So, I mean, growing up, it's been rough, you know. My mom's been denied um, access for me to go to certain schools um this was when i was georgia hollister you know um i heard there's some like things that go on too you know like that's not cool but fucking but yeah my mom's you know um been denied stuff you know we've been given weird looks we've been spoken to like if we, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about you know like all that judgment that goes on um i had a teacher one time my sixth grade year bro like I forgot what I got in trouble for, but I got in trouble. She called me into her room, and she wasn't even my teacher. She was just some teacher that was around, and she was just like, she's all, 
what's your name, boy? I was like, the fuck, you know? And I was just like, Javier. And I'm sixth grade at this time, too. And I'm like, oh, Javier. You saw Javier? And then I'm all, yeah, what's your last name? I'm Renteria. You saw what? And I'm all, Renteria. She's all English, you know? And I was like, and I, and I like, I remember having like a little burning urge inside, but I was just like, Renteria. Because that's like kind of like the English way to pronounce it. And she was just like, you saw, oh, you need to learn to speak clearly, boy. You know, like, I'm like, this you know all the way to cops being calling me fucking a piece of shit you know um cops pulling guns on us for no fucking reason you know if they pulled that trigger you know that they know they could get away with it so yeah man it's uh getting pulled over just for the way how i dress and look you know just like fucking being detained for it too like what am i doing wrong i'm not doing anything wrong like i'll share a story one time i'm riding a bike down the street i'm just in the middle of the street you know just riding my bike i'm trying to get home because i'm like kind of running late for work already and I'm 16 at this time. I hear a car sign, whoop, whoop, right behind me. And I'm like, okay, you know, this cop's probably going to tell me just to get on the sidewalk. So I'm already in the uh, in the phase of just getting off my bike and going to push it to my sidewalk. But I just hear, get the fuck on the sidewalk, you know? And I'm like, the fuck? And I just, like, I get on the sidewalk. I'm, I'm tell the cop I am. And then he's just, like, gets off his car, doesn't even say a word to me, cuss me, and then starts asking me all these questions. What's your name? What's your birthday? How long have you been affiliated? And I'm like, dude, like the fuck on me like i'm not even like banging or anything you know but and my boys were listening to a scan scanner earlier too and they had told me that the cop when they heard my name the they heard the cop before he pulled me over that he said oh yeah there's a kid riding uh in the middle of the street on his bike he looks gang affiliated i'm gonna pull him over you know and that's exactly what happened so and i got pulled over he's asking me all these fucking questions i'm like getting pissed off you know um so, yeah, like, there's been many encounterings like that. I'll, I could just be in a car right there at Park Hill, bro, just sitting down. A car will pull over, get off, and just be like, oh, like, what's your name? Let me see your ID. And I'm like, bro, you have, you know you have no reason to see my ID, homie. And, but since there's no witnesses around, really, or anything like that, they know they could get away with whatever they plan to do if you don't cooperate or whatever, you know. So a little bit of my experience, you know, a little bit of my storytelling. I'm going to pass the microphone. Yeah, um, that's just, that's such a shitty position to be in. And I've been in that position before where you have like an authority figure where you kind of feel like you look around and you're like, is anyone else like understanding what's going on here? Like, does anybody else see this? And there's just really nobody there. And it's like, okay, I could, I could pick to fight this right now. And I know how that ends. Or I just take it on the chin. And I feel like that shit is so painful sometimes just to take on the chin, <laughs> you know, and just be like, ah, you know, cause we're all human, right? We want to be fucking accepted for who we are. Right. But then when you have people that are in those positions of power that are like, you know, obviously treating us wrong, it's tough to maintain your own like self-esteem when you know you're not being treated correctly. So I, I feel that man. Um, in 2018, I went to Texas, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about like growing up in just a second. But in 2018, I went to Texas um, for South by Southwest, which is a music festival, and it was a really good time. Uh, I got to rap for uh, for Sway, and I made a lot of connections. But going into Texas, um, we drove to Texas, and we got pulled over. You guys are gonna love the name of this county. We got pulled over in Blanco County. Okay, so they were not like they they made no joke about what they were about there, right? So the cop sees us, he sees the people in the car, he, he sees what we look like, and he sees the Cali plates, and he pulls us over, and he says it was for making an unsafe turn. You guys, you guys have heard that before, right? We, we know exactly why he pulled us over. Pulls us over, the first thing he says is, do you guys have any drugs in the car? First thing, do you guys have any drugs in the car? Really? Like, no, we don't have any drugs in the car. Um, he says, all right, well, you guys mind if I search the car? He said, well, you know, can we say no? The driver's like, yeah, you guys can say no, but if you say no, I'm going to bring the dog out. So long story short, he brings the dog out, and some people in the car had, you know, weed on him, right? So pulls us all out of the car. He pulls me over. He's, he's like, hey, did you know, uh, because it was, it was processed marijuana, it was like in a vape, he asked me, he goes, hey, did you know in the state of Texas this is a felony? And I said, no, I didn't know that. And he goes, it's okay. It's not like you killed somebody. It's like, that's kind of a weird statement to make. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. And then he says, you know, um, what's your race? And I said, I'm black and Japanese. 
And then he follows that up by looking at my ID and saying, I'm not even going to try to say your name. And at that point, I was like, shit, <laughs> like if I could just get out of this situation, like I'll be fine. And it was that moment of like, okay, this is fucked up, but I have zero control here. So if we can just get out from here, like whatever I have to do or say, I'll be fine with. If I can just get home safe to my family. Long story short, he cut everyone like a ticket or like a, a charge or something like that. I actually had to hire a lawyer and get it dismissed. Um, and when I told the lawyer simply about why we got pulled over and like everything else about it, yeah, the case got dismissed. Um, but it's just, it's just one of those situations where you look around and you're like, dude, like this isn't okay. And like, it's, it's just not okay, but you have no power. Right. So it, it kind of beats on your self-esteem when you want to be accepted in a society. Um, and yeah, I mean, growing up in Santa Cruz, which is predominantly white, uh, it, it's tough because I always felt not only just misunderstood, but kind of misplaced where there wasn't really anybody that was like me, um, you know, growing up. And I lived in Scotts Valley, which is a town north of here, uh, which is in Santa Cruz County when I was growing up for a little while. And literally, like, I would get pulled over riding my bike and it would be you didn't have a light on your bike. <laughs> Like, 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 okay, for sure. And it was literally just for them to stop me, see if I had anything in my backpack. I remember one time I was walking, I was 17, I was walking with my girlfriend at the time, just walking on the street, me and her just walking. Cop pulls over, comes up to us, and his excuse was, oh, it looked like you guys were arguing. <laughs> and I, and like, it was, we, we both knew, right? Like, I, like I'm black, she's Mex, she was Mexican. We both just knew, like, dude, that's not, like we were not arguing. So I, I think going through those situations, it shapes who you are as a person. And if anyone's listening and they've been through that, I really want to just push the message. Don't take that personal. Don't let that anger like build in you. It's not, <laughs> it's not you. And it's not a reflection of who you are as a person. Um, and I think so much of my growth has been trying to like get away from that and just get out of being angry all the time because i'm still pretty angry now like even talking about it i get upset and it's like you you can you can either take that anger and you can embody it or you can take that and use it as fuel to make change to inspire change right and it's it's very hard to experience hate and try to turn that into love it's, it's like difficult to do that and in a perfect world, yes, we can all do that. And it's okay if you make mistakes, but I, I think that's where we all should be aiming. And it's tough when you have someone pushing down on you and you know you're in an unfair situation to get out of that situation and say, well, I need to love more. Like, like that, It's very hard, but it, it's something that I try to do. And I think one of the ways is by you know just being candid um, and telling my story and, and sharing with other people that even though I've been through those situations, it doesn't make me think that there isn't love in the world. It doesn't make me think that every person is like that. You know, not every cop is bad. Um, not everyone thinks the same thing about us. It's, it's being able to recognize that, hey, that was a shitty situation. It doesn't say anything about me as a person. It doesn't say anything about my life. It doesn't dictate, um, you know, where I want to go. And just like dealing with that stuff. And then also kind of like you were saying, growing up poor, like I remember um, when I was in high school, like we were super, super, super poor. And like, I remember shopping at like Goodwill and like being like, just so embarrassed to be at Goodwill. And at the time, like, right, like my mom was just struggling. So like to her, she's just like, dude, like, just like, these are clothes, like just shut up. Like, you know, like just like, you know, she's a single mom. She doesn't have time for my like, you know, inner, like I want to be cool stuff. But I remember one time going to Goodwill and it was right next to this like hair salon. And there was this really like just attractive girl who went to my high school. And I remember just being like so crushed that she saw me like at Goodwill. And I was just like, it, it, damn, you know? Um, and it's, it's crazy because even like now it's something that I'm working to try to shed because those moments are so impactful because it makes you think I'm like, you know, I'm either not worthy or, you know, I, I'm not as good as someone else. But something that, like, a really good friend of mine said, which I think, like, just embodied so much. They said, having more money doesn't make you better. It just means you have more stuff. And I was like, wow, like, that's crazy. Because when I was younger, I always thought, man, money could solve so much of these problems. Like, they could solve all these things. As I'm getting older, I'm understanding it's not, it's not about the money. 
it's it's really about like the the love that you have for yourself and also your self-image um so i just want to say if you are listening you've been through some crazy shit it's okay we've all been through crazy shit please don't let it impact who you are as a person please don't let it change the way that you view the world there's love out there there's peace out there there's people out there that love you uh, and want to see you succeed so yeah yeah like we're all doing this from our hearts too you know we always say that we're doing out our love you know so I hope you all feel that love, you know. Hopefully you all reciprocate it onto the world as well, as well, you know. Share that love that you all have for your community, for those around you and such, and continue making the change, you know. Because we really do believe, if you all are listening, we all know that you're all doing something positive in this world, you know what I mean? And that's the, you know, now we're going to be going on to our five minutes of fun, which today's five minutes of fun is what are your two favorite colors? So, you know, I'll give you all a little time to reflect about your favorite colors real quick. Oh, are you going smiling? You got one already? Or you don't know? All right. All right. I'll, I'll let you all reflect. I'm going to go ahead and I'll shoot mine down real quick. Um, I think my favorite colors are... Nah, that's not... I don't think... I mean, that's not that I think. I know my favorite colors are... It's the, like, you know, khaki brown, you know? And it's the... And, like, maroon, you know? Like, you know, burgundy kind of color, you know? I think... uh. The khaki one is more like, it was, I don't know, I feel like it's a very classic color, you know? I feel like every OG needs to have a khaki, you know? Some dickies, you know? Or something like that. I don't know. It's just, you know, my personality, you know? And I feel like the the maroon one, the burgundy one, is more like, I don't know, like I like to always think about myself as a rose as well. So I think it really embodies that color, you know, the burgundy, the, you know, dark red kind of like, you know, the color, you know? It's just, you know, I don't know, always blooming, you know? So feel like it suits who I am, you know? So it's a khaki brown and a burgundy maroon kind of color. Okay. Dope colors, man. You only get to hear this on the mic sesh. Nah, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Talking about furry colors, for some reason, shoot. All right, turquoise is one. You know, kind of like lightish bluish, for sure. That's one. Um, Red's always been like a color that really stood out to me. You know, like, such as, like you mentioned, like roses, right? Like, flowers and all you know like so like i don't know like just something about red um just really stands out you know and for sure purple i think purple is a dope ass color you know um black's a dope ass color i hella dig that color too you know um let me see yeah i think as far as those are like oh and and like um tan green yeah yeah you know like kind of like like not like crazy green like this color, but like a little bit more tanner, you know? I think that's like a hard color too. Kind of like my rebel. Huh? You can't really see it? What? Oh, I did. <laughs> All right. So I'm wearing a green La Sofa Queen t shirt, you know? So yeah, I'm like, um, so whoever no familiar with the t shirt, real quick, she has like someone to sell like green. So I hope that helps give the imagery, you know? <laughs> yeah, but those are some of my favorite colors. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, shout out La Sofa Queen, real quick, though. She's like just a super, super dope MC. I met her actually through uh, Solar. Um, she came out to coffee and hip hop one time and it was it was super funny because like she has a really strong energy like she's like very strong and like I, I knew that right off the bat because I booked Solar to play and then he showed up with her and then she was like oh hey is there any room on the set tonight and like I was like you know running the show and like didn't really have time and I was like oh no like there's no room but like, you can sign up and she just looked at me she's like you would even want to hear what I got? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, um, like I totally do, but like, so just like, just the, the way that she was like instantly, I knew that she had like just a lot of strength and power. So shout out to her, man. Like we need, we need more strong, strong women you know, in the world. Um, as far as favorite colors go, uh, I mean, black is like <laughs> my favorite color. I feel like I basically just wear like all black all the time. And for me, like, Beyond just the fact that I think it's easy because you can match black with black with anything, I think it also kind of speaks to more like I want to say like counterculture and like a little bit of militant. Like when you look at like the Black Panthers, or when you look at like punk music, or you look at like Antifa, like it, it it's it's the image of kind of the anti anti norm, right? The the all black kind of revolutionary. Um, so yeah, um, if I had to pick another color, it'd probably be white, which is the opposite of that. <laughs> um, but I honestly, I honestly think that like there's nothing cleaner than like a white tee, you know. Like if you just pull up, like 
yeah i mean it's crazy because i feel like so many people like nowadays get so lost in like image and like they need to spend like 300 400 on like a shirt or like a jacket i'm like dude just put me in a fucking white tee some jeans and we got this <laughs> see more that's right you know wear my white pro club you know straight up from the pulia for three bucks eh? and and it doesn't even and nobody could look hard as i do with my white tee you know and that's straight from the pulia eh? Y'all should be taking notes on me. Nah, I'm fucking around. <laughs> no, but it's cool learning about y'all's fairy colors, you know. And that's the, you know, getting to know a little bit more about each other, you know, through your fairy colors and stuff like that. Y'all getting to know more about us through fairy colors, you know. And, um, yeah, you know, we ho- we are grateful for y'all tuning in for this line, you know. We appreciate it for y'all's support as well. Yo, I, but before we head on out, uh, want to give Alec Gordon the the floor real quick to say anything that he has coming up or just um, add a little bit more. Um, anything you want to add real quick? So, yeah, I just, again, want to thank you guys so much um, for, you know, getting me on the podcast. Um, I didn't know we were going to go that deep, but I really do appreciate um, having a platform. And anytime I think that we share our stories, again, it, it's going to help other people out there. And I'm sure there's someone, at least one person that is hearing this and thinking, damn, okay, I'm not the only one, which I think is so strong because like nowadays it's very easy to feel like the that the world is only happening to you, right? Like why is this only happening to me? And like the world is so unfair. And I think that even though we go through this world alone, it doesn't mean that we experience it alone. So just having that kind of connectivity um, and community. Um, yeah, if, if you guys like uh, my message, check out my music. Uh, it's just my name, Alwa Gordon, A-L-W-A-G-O-R-D-O-N. It's on Spotify, iTunes. Um, I dropped a project uh, in May this year called 16 Summers, which kind of talks about the journey that I had over the past two to three years, um, getting out of, you know, bad relationships, kind of finding myself, finding my voice, um, some of the things that I went through, and then what's coming up next. Um, If you're in the area, I'm playing the Santa Cruz Music Festival. That's October 20th in Santa Cruz, and then I'm playing November 23rd in San Francisco, and then November 15th, I'm dropping a new song called Came to Be which has a really really deep message um so yeah check me out follow me on instagram it's at alwa gordon um and if you have a chance check out the lab boys podcast that drops every single thursday yeah uh thank you guys so much for bringing me out man for real yeah and so thank you all for the work that you all do and you know it's the and thank you all for tuning in for supporting us and for sure you know tune into our gordon system episodes and you know music as well definitely do and yeah, you know, keep supporting us. We got some stickers on the way. By the time this airs, we're gonna be showing us the sharing with y'all the stickers that we got. We got some new stickers that will not be new in a week from now, but it'll still be you know something that's out. So you know, purchase our stickers, purchase our merchandise, our folders, and just you know, even if you all want to make some donations to support our causa, you know, do that as well. You know, our Remus right there in our IG bio. You know, as just I think for the barrios. So hit us up. You know, as the support us, keep showing love. And, you know, our love for y'all will always be there too, eh? Muchas gracias, eh? Y'all have a good one. Y'all been in tune too for the Barrios Podcast. Orale. Orale.